is to come in this house. We're reading together from the book of Exodus this morning, the book of Exodus, and we're reading together from the chapter 13, Exodus chapter 13, and reading from verse 1. Let us hear the word of God this morning. Exodus chapter 13 and verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day, in which ye came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came ye out in the month Abbot. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee out into the land of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee, a land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be a sign unto thee upon thine hand and for memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in his season from year to year. Amen. And we know that the Lord will bless the reading of his inspired and infallible and inerrant word to all our hearts. Let's bow for a moment of prayer before we consider God's word this morning. Our gracious God and loving Father, we turn now to thy precious word. I am trusting thee for power. Thine shall never fail. Words that thou thyself hast given me must and shall prevail. We ask in Jesus' name and for God's eternal glory. Amen. I want to speak this morning on the theme of remembrance. Looking at the words there in verse 3 of Exodus chapter 13. Remember this day. Remember this day. And this theme of remembrance is before us this time of the year. And it is most appropriate for us to pause and to recall the past and to reflect upon it. It is indeed a most solemn time. A sorrowful period for individuals and for families. For nations too that have suffered the devastation of war. And poignantly and particularly for those nations today, even as we meet, who are in the midst of war. And people gather on Armistice Day, which was yesterday, of course, the eleventh day of the eleventh month at the eleventh hour. And of course it is a time to review 
and a time to recollect, a time to remember, a time of recognition of those who have given their lives and paid the ultimate sacrifice. Masses of headstones and graveyards are solemn reminders. Plaques and memorial stones in towns and cities and villages. Even in some churches, you have on the walls of those churches the names of those who gave their lives in two world wars and other conflicts. Men, women, and young people, some very young, others in middle years and older, who paid that ultimate sacrifice in the times of the fiercest conflict. Some time ago I was visiting uh, the churchyard where my parents are buried at Board Mills there. Some of you, many of you will know the graveyard, Trinity Board Mills. And just being in the church, in the foyer of the church, I came across a plaque of those who gave their lives at the Somme. And one of the names is the name of my grandfather, my father's father, who died at the Somme. A very young man who lived just up the road from the church there at Board Mills. In fact, my father would have been born there as well. And of course, many can point to a name. Many can look at a plaque, maybe a photograph. In fact, some time ago on my phone, I was sent a photograph by my niece who was out there and came across my grandfather's grave. I have never personally been able to visit it, but I do have that photograph on my phone. And there he was buried amongst many, many others who gave their lives. And of course, there are many who have been severely injured, who've carried to the end of their days the scars of war physically and mentally. Many today still alive bear the physical and mental scars of what they have endured through the years of the troubles even in our own lands and in other conflicts. And we pause today to remember. We have done that this morning. Perhaps you did it yesterday as well. We say we will remember them. And the thought of remembrance is brought before us many times in Scripture. And therefore, it is appropriate that we engage in remembrance. I'm thinking of those words this morning in Exodus 13 and 3. Remember this day. And I want to focus on the theme of remembrance this morning. First of all, the people who gave their lives. All sorts of people. From a variety of backgrounds right across the spectrum of society. The rich and the poor the educated and the uneducated, the skilled and the unskilled. It would take a long time 
to go through the list of people, I'm sure, from this community here who gave their lives. Some time ago when I was ministering in Ballygown, one of the elders there, Bill Stewart, who's very much into all of this detail, he put up on the screen the time of the 100th anniversary of the Battle of the Somme. The number of people from that community who had given their lives at the Somme. And then following that, he put up a list of all the relatives of the people in the congregation who had given their lives at the Somme. It took a considerable time. It was a very poignant reminder of the sacrifices that were made. I can remember my father saying to me on one occasion, he had only the recollection of his father, and he was only three years of age, but he clearly rem remembered him going. And all he said to him, don't go, Daddy. Don't go. But he went because he felt it was his duty to go. And soon after, he gave his life. And we think of the courage of these people facing the vicious assault of the enemy in the heat of the fiercest battles. They displayed great courage to defend our nation, to defend their colleagues, to take territory from the enemy when all seemed lost, when it appeared the assailants had the upper hand. We think of the psalm and all that took place in the carnage of the psalm. We think of all the connections. And we think of many other battles. It was mentioned last night in the service of remembrance, or the festival of remembrance, the battle of the Atlantic, the tremendous loss of life that took place then. It was one of the vital battles that was fought and was won. And many others too, of course. Poignant reminders. The 13th of November marked the final assault of that campaign around the Somme. The fighting continued the following day with further much smaller gains. In all, 5,200 Germans had been taken prisoner. A remarkable haul in the circumstances and a significant success. And of course, these people displayed great courage, but also great commitment to the cause in the midst of the greatest adversity. They didn't flinch at times when all seemed lost. They kept their focus. They were steadfast and unmovable. They stayed at their post. They followed orders. They stood shoulder to shoulder with their colleagues in the battle. Even when so many were being mown down around them. They sought to hold firm. To keep their ground. To move forward. To take territory. A wholehearted commitment. And of course that goes across 
two world wars, many other conflicts. The Korean War too, maybe by many called the Forgotten War. Many laid down their lives then, also in the battles that were fought. A firmness in what they did, their courage, their commitment, their comradeship. They defended each other. And that was a big thing. Listening to those who are still alive, and there's few now, but there are still some. They relate to their comrades, those who gave their lives, or those who helped them preserve their lives. What they were prepared to do for each other, even to die for each other. Some laid down their lives for their colleagues. It's happened over and over again. It was said, he died for me. Or he saved me. In fact, I was at a remembrance service a few nights ago, taking part in it, and someone who was speaking at it related a story of an American farmer. He was called to go out to the battlefield. He thought, I've got a young family here. How am I going to do this? got a wife here. I've got a farm here. How am I going to leave this all behind and go out to the battle? The young fellow, the neighbor, heard of the predicament of the farmer, the dilemma he was in. He said to the farmer, he said, I'll go. I'll go. The farmer said, no, you can't do that. I Oh, he said, I can. He said, I don't have any other. I'm a single person. You have all these commitments at home, the farm, the family. I'll go. And he went to the place, the farmer. Some time later, the young man laid down his life. Later on, burial took place and Ali was returned and he was buried in a nearby cemetery and the farmer insisted to put up a headstone there. And part of the inscription was the initials of the young man. And then beside it, he died for me. He died for me. What a picture this is of the Lord himself. Dear friends, this morning, Christ died in this place of sinners. Christ died in my guilty room instead. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. With the stripes I am healed. The Lord Jesus Christ on that cross took your place and took my place. In my place condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon 
with his blood. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Brings us to the person who gave his life, the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his life for us. Just as we have mentioned, this individual in America, many in the Psalm and other battles, in two world wars and in the troubles of our own land. The Bible tells us that the good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. He said in John 10, 17, 18, I lay down my life, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. The Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life. What a sacrifice. The greatest sacrifice of all. The supreme sacrifice. And today as we remember, we think of the immense sacrifices that were made at the psalm. The battle of the Atlantic and so many other battles. The battles even that were fought through decades of troubles here in our own land. But the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary stands apart from all of these. In that sacrifice he laid down his life for multitudes of sinners across this world. The Bible tells us that he who knew no sin became sin for us. That we may be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. The spotless Lamb of God took upon himself our sins on his own body on the tree. What a sacrifice. He gave his life a ransom for many. He shed his precious blood for our redemption. We have, in this very context here, uh, from which we have read this morning, we think of of, uh, the sacrifice uh, that was made there, uh, going back to Exodus 12. And the lamb that was slain, and the blood that was shed, and the blood that was applied. Bible says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And I would urge you to dare, dear men and women, if you're still out of Christ, to look to that sacrifice, to look to that lamb that was slain on Calvary's cross, to have the blood applied to your heart by faith. Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, Christ our substitute. Are you trusting in him this morning? You're looking to Christ. Hope you're not looking to the church, even the free Presbyterian church or any church. You must look to Christ. There's life for a look at the crucified one. There's life this moment for thee. Then look, sinner, look unto him and be saved, unto him who was nailed to the tree. Think thirdly of the purpose in the giving of life. Members of the Ulster Division and many other regiments went over the top on July the 1st, 1916, to preserve the freedom of our nation. It was a day of carnage. They went over the top to ensure that those of their day and generations to come would enjoy the liberty. 
that there would be deliverance from oppression. And such was the case in World War II as well. If it wasn't for the fact that they had given their lives, then we wouldn't have the liberties that we have and enjoy today. Hitler was a dictator. And he sought to invade Britain and bring our nation under oppression. If it hadn't been for the laying down of so many lives in our defense, then this day we would probably be under a dictatorship. The Lord Jesus Christ, knowing the purpose of Satan to have us in bondage, came into this world to give us freedom. Glorious freedom. Wonderful freedom. Christ's life was laid down to give us freedom from the bondage of sin. And many of us here today are listening to this service have experienced this freedom. We often sing those words, don't we? Uh, free from the law, happy condition. Jesus hath bled, and there is remission, cursed by the law, and bruised by the fall, Christ hath redeemed us once for all. Children of Israel here, in the context from which we have read, they had known deliverance from bondage. Have you known that deliverance this morning? If you haven't, thank God you can. In the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, there is freedom. And if you trust Christ as your Savior today, you can have the fetters and chains of sin removed. You can go out free from this service today. Through the application of the blood of Christ, you can know this wonderful liberty. Whom the Son sets free, they shall be free indeed. Him writer penned the words, Thou hast snapped my fetters, thou hast made me free. Liberty and gladness I have found in thee. But notice the product through giving his life. What were the results? Of course, great deliverance, as far as our nation was concerned, came through the victory. That was accomplished in two world wars. Great delight, too, that the enemy was defeated, that the forces that were gathered against us were overcome. As far as Christ's death was concerned, it provided salvation for sinners, salvation from sin and death. So great salvation. Salvation for the whosoever will. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And the great invitation of the gospel is, of course, Whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. You can come to Christ today and experience his salvation. And we think about satisfaction. You know, the sins that people engage in in this world, while they may provide some satisfaction and pleasure, it doesn't last. The Bible says the pleasures of sin are but for a season. They are fleeting. They fade away. But salvation provides lasting satisfaction. 
The hymn writer penned those words. Now none but Christ can satisfy. There's none other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy. Lord Jesus, found in thee satisfaction. Not only for now, but forever in Christ. Serenity. What serenity there is in Christ. Peace with God. He is our peace, the Bible says. The Lord Jesus Christ. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, filling our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's the peace that the Lord gives. Well, the world may seek to put together by means of diplomacy and other means a peace, but often it's fragile. And often it falls apart. This peace endures forever. Have you this peace in your heart today? Security. Our forces, by their sacrifices, made secure in many ways our nation. But this security that is found in Christ secures the soul for all eternity. The Lord says in John 10, 28, I give unto them, that is his sheep, eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Eternal security in Christ. Some people sadly in our society don't even feel secure in their own homes. But here's a security, my friend, that the Lord gives to your soul forever. Oh, that you might know it this morning. It might be your experience this very day. God's Word says, remember this day. As we've said, the context is the redemption of Israel from Egypt, from the house of bondage. We remember this day God's great deliverance for us all. And we remember those who give their lives to for our freedom. As we have said this morning already, we will remember them. May God bless his word to our hearts this morning. Perhaps you could join in the singing of 396, if it's possible. 396, I think it is. Um, be thou my vision. O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all today, tonight, and tomorrow, until the day breaks and the shadows all flee away, and then with all who are saved forevermore. Amen.